Okay, yeah, this is your host, Eddie Rye Jr. with another edition of Urban Forum Northwest. We have a number of people we're going to be speaking with today. We're waiting on uh, our president of the National Association of Minority Contractors for the Washington State Chapter, Bob Armstead, to hook up with us by phone. But in the meantime, uh, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsors, the City of Sales Purchasing and Construction Services Department, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity and Inclusion, the Port of Sales Diversity Contracting Office, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, and also I wanted to folks to know that uh, uh, there's quite a few things happening. I'll talk to you about what Kevin Walker. I, I mean, Kevin Henry is uh, moderating a panel tonight up at Snohomish County. We'll talk about that as well. As you know, the National Association of Minority State uh, Minority Contractors, along with the Washington State Civil Rights Coalition, it'll be two years uh, on November 21st next year that a, uh, a complaint was filed with the United States Department of Justice uh, with uh, documentation about uh, discrimination against African-Americans. And when you look at it, other minorities as well. And uh, like I said, within two years for justice from uh, Attorney General uh, uh, Merrick Garland, and uh, he sent our complaint over to the Department of Transportation. I guess the transportation is a new agency now to deal with racial discrimination complaints. But uh, we, uh, Bob sent a letter off, and Bob, why don't you go ahead and let folks know we had 21 individuals and organizations, including members of clergy, uh, from Care, Pastor Gary Anderson <clears throat> to Bishop Reggie, Withers, uh, Rich, Red, Reggie Witherspoon, uh, the NAACP in Seattle and uh, King County, as well as Tacoma, as well as uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, Black Clergy Organization, Giant Black Christian Clergy of Washington State, so, Bob, uh, this letter that went out uh, last week, could you explain to our listeners exactly what it would entail and what were uh, the requests or demands that was made by the organization? So we have been uh, attempting since the original submittal to uh, get a response from the Justice Department uh, agreeing to uh, to investigate our complaint. Uh during that period of time, we have gotten uh, four congressional letters of support. Uh, we have uh, had several meetings with uh, other congressionals. Uh, we most recently uh, had the uh, national office of the National Association of Minority Contractors to write a letter that we co-sign with them uh, requesting that the Justice Department uh, relook at our uh, initial request. Uh, in that letter, we have uh, CC'd uh, all the members of the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, we're requesting that they support us uh, in our request. Uh, here in Washington State, we have a problem with uh, inclusion in terms of uh, all minority groups and all women, uh, well, some women, uh, participating in the contracting and economic opportunities in the state. Uh, there are very specific problems as it relates to uh, Blacks and uh, Blacks and Native Americans are by far uh, the least in terms of being able to uh, share in economic opportunities in this state, uh, thereby our uh, CCing the Congressional Black Caucus and requesting their support because some of the, the problems that we're facing here are, are being faced every place. It is particularly important for us here in Washington State uh, because we have been suffering from a lack of inclusion for the last 25 years, and we happen to be in a period of time uh, because of the uh, Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, the Justice 40 initiative, uh, the uh, community benefits planning uh, that's going on in this country. There is more money available 
uh, for public agencies to do all kinds of things, including uh, construction. Uh, if the problems that exist here in Washington State are not addressed now, uh, we will miss out on this opportunity. And again, this we have not had this type of activity in terms of funding uh, for public projects in over 50 years. Uh, we have consistently requested since uh, 2021 information from public agents agencies regarding how they have uh, spent the monies that they've received uh, under these acts. And the Infrastructure Act, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, the Justice 40 initiative have specific guidelines as to participation by our communities and our firms. We have yet to receive that information from any of the agencies that we have requested that information from. Uh, and they're getting the money, they're spending the money, and they're also issuing solicitations for projects and including in the solicitation language that specifically states that there's no requirement for those that respond to the solicitation to include uh, women, minorities, uh, veterans, or, or any other of the groups that are not a part of the usual, especially in this state, uh, procurement and, and spending. So we have specific concerns uh, we cannot get the information that we need to determine how the monies that have already been allocated to the state have been spent. Uh, there is a continuous flow of solicitations out uh, for upcoming projects that specifically state within the solicitation that there is not a requirement for those that respond to the solicitation to include us. And yeah. that is Bob, I want to say uh, before we have to go, uh, Congressman Adam Smith is sponsoring an event tomorrow at Green River College. Can you uh, talk about that? And is that open uh, to the public? Uh, yes. Congressman Smith is having a business fair tomorrow at uh, Green uh, River College. And uh, the event is open to the public. We will be there. Uh, we're anticipating that other uh, organizations that represent the interests of minorities and women will be there. Uh, we encourage all of you to attend. And I'd also like to state that uh, Congressman Smith is the first congressional uh, to support us in terms of our letter of request for an investigation to the Justice Department. Who are the other congressional members that would support us the investigation, Bob? Uh, Senator Patty Murray, uh, Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland, and uh, Congressman Denny Thompson uh, from the state of Alabama, who this many of you know from the various uh, committees that he has uh, chaired uh, in Congress. Yeah, he's from Mississippi. The select, the select committee on January 6th uh, will put him in the history books. But Bob, uh, uh, I want to thank you very much for the time today. Made my last minute request, but you have so much to say. We could have you on every week because things are not getting better and they're getting worse. And people need to understand what's happened to their tax dollars. It's not like somebody's giving the black community anything. You would figure after 400 years, 254 years of free, free labor, dying in every war. It's like I tell people right now, black folks in the military don't have any business being on foreign seas and foreign shores when there are people who don't have rights right here, the right to vote, what we're talking about right now, the, ne the right to economic opportunity, uh, that uh, should be our battle. And uh, some person told me I was un-American. I said, I'm not un-American. I'm just a realist. If you study our history and stop listening to Ron DeSantis, you'll understand exactly what our contributions have been. So thank you very much, Bob. And I will be at Green River College tomorrow representing our chapter of the National Association of Minority Contractors at 10 o'clock a.m. So thank you very much, Bob. 
Okay, thank you, Eddie. And last thing I'd like to say is that I want to repeat what you said. This is the taxpayer's money that's being spent. And we are taxpayers. And we have been excluded from the opportunities to participate for the last 25 years. And we need everyone in your audience to speak to their congressional and state representatives about this. Thank you very much, Bob. <clears throat> Uh, as a lot of people have seen uh, on Saturday at Mount Zion Baptist Church from nine to, uh, from 11 to 1 is going to be the 50th anniversary of uh, the Total Experience Gospel Choir and also a remembrance of the founder, my dear sister, Dr. Patronel, I mean, Pastor Patronell Wright, who I've been in more than one struggle with, in which I think I'll be able to mention it on Saturday. I don't know if I'm invited to say anything or not. But uh, we have transitioned now to the Total Experience Gospel Choir alums, and uh, he doesn't know it yet, but uh, uh, recording artist James Conner is going to be my co-host for this uh, part of the program. <laughs> he and uh, Cherie Brooks-Willoughby uh, have been around, so they know uh, what's going on, what everybody does. I get, Chauncey, I apologize for misspelling your name in the email, but I did get it right on <laughs> Facebook, and I uh, want to thank... Uh, all y'all for being here, Josephine Howell, uh, Slammin' Jammin' Benjamin Davis. Uh, so <laughs> why don't we start with a little history about the choir. It's 50 years old, and uh, uh, I know that some of y'all wasn't born, but I know the choir lasted for a long time. <laughs> so, James, I'm going to go ahead and, and defer to you. To Absolutely. You, I'll call on folks and ask their contribution. I also asked the station, Eric, to play some uh Patronell Wright, and also if they oh, had copper yeah. bells, I said I don't know if we'll be able to. But he's a magician in in the uh, in that studio, so he can work a lot. And plus, he's a <laughs> DJ, so he knows everything. So why don't we go right That's ahead, right. Uh, James Connor? Well, first of all, thank you so much, Eddie Rye, for having us here today. Um, and shout out to New Beginnings because I know that's where the connection was made um, with Deborah Brooks, who is the mother of Tanisha and Gina Brooks and Carlos Brooks, who were all part of our choir. So I thank you for having us here today. It's 2023. So 50 years ago was 1973. Yes. When the choir started. I was not there. I was born in 77. But I joined a choir when I was about nine years old. A lot of us joined when we were young kids, and that's what the choir was about when it originally started. Pat was there to help bring joy and happiness and instill discipline in us as, as young people growing up in this world that we live in as African-American children learn how to conduct ourselves in a professional manner and be able to be leaders in our community. And that's really was the foundation of her ministry. So we have a lot of people. Benjamin Davis, I see you here. Um, I want to pass the mic to Benjamin Davis because he was there in 1973. He's an OG, huh? He's an OG. Listen, OG. So Franklin High School and Roosevelt High School, those were schools where Pat was bringing music to their uh, music programs um, yeah. before the name came about, Total Experience. The name was not established at the time. But the choir, she was there teaching and, and building their music programs. And it got really big. And then they decided, oh, there's too much gospel in, in the public schools. So y'all got to go somewhere else. <laughs> and so they found their home at Mount Zion Baptist Church. And that was the one of the main reasons why we decided to have this 50th anniversary there because it was the first home of the choir and that's where the name Total Experience was established. So I'm just gonna let Benjamin Davis come in and share his story and testimony of those beginning days of the choir. Wow, well, praise the Lord, everybody. You know, that's what we do. Yes, <laughs> And uh, greetings to everyone that's here online. Um, it's an honor for to be here at this space. My brothers, Nate, Ted, and Walter, were at Franklin High School. And not only that, Pat also taught at Hawthorne, Hawthorne Elementary School. Mm -hmm. Now, Sunny Byers. Pat Wright and Sonny Byers were the ones that were paving the way in the Seattle School District uh, on the gospel side. You know, that's the gospel side. <laughs> and on the gospel side, um, 
we, as young people, I, I, can't, I was at Bethel Christian Church of the Apostolic Faith. And our pastors back in the day, they were strict. You could not go to this church. You could not go to this church. Nope, you're not going to attend this. Nope, you're not going to do this. We were restricted back in the day. My pastor was Bishop Benjamin Timor, Honorable Bishop Benjamin Timor, and my dad, Nathaniel James Davis. But uh, we heard about Pat Wright. We heard about this group singing. Um, and we were not community people. We were just Jesus name only. And, but we were, we were praising God. You know, we all praise God. So when we got into the school and Pat Wright came, it was uh, my brother, Walter, who was there with Pat Wright at Franklin High School. Um, and Pat wanted Walter, and Walter was just learning how to play the piano because my dad now came into a leadership at the church and musicians were gone. And Israel was the, the music teacher at that school after Pat Wright during that time. And Walter, Pat wanted Walter to play for her. But Walter couldn't because there's a restriction. You know, you're, 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 you're voted to, to the church. So Pat um, has, there's some history too. I don't know if you guys will need to tell the history, but. Pat was very strict. She didn't play around. At all. When you when you heard when you heard Pat say it, you better do it. She don't say it twice because if you try to say it three times, her shoe comes off, and she would throw <laughs> at you. Tell the people. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. That she would throw the shoe at you, and so my beginning is is through my brothers through Franklin High School. And I just missed Pat when I became a teacher at Hawthorne. Sonny Byers and Pat were teaching in the public school. And they okay, were making we money. We, we don't have, let, let's go to uh, uh, to James or Cherie. Yeah. She joined the choir when she was, yeah. Cherie, they got Cherie cousin. So, so, so Sherry Charleston is Pat's niece. Niece, right, okay. Cherie Brooks. Is in the waiting room. I wanted her to be able to tell because she was she started. She was one of the first little people, if yeah. you will, to join the choir. I don't know if she's in yet. We're waiting for her to come in from the waiting room. And she was a star singer. We oh, love yes. to hear her voice. She is on Please. all of the, the recordings going back to Lift Him Up, Shine. Okay, she there she is. All right, Cherie, I'm so glad you made it in. We were just singing your praises, my love. Let's see if we can get her in. So Cherie, we just we just started. We're just telling the history of the choir. We went all the way back to Franklin High School with Benjamin Davis. And now we're here with you because you were, you started when you were how old, Cherie? Seven. OK, seven years old. I don't email said you were four or five. OK. sir, <laughs> <laughs> seven. Seven okay. years old. So tell us yes. a little bit about how you got into the choir and what that experience was like for you. So first of all, I um, was a member born and raised in Mount Zion Baptist Church. And Pat was at that time the junior choir uh, director. And um, my mother and Pat and Miss Sharon Williams um, all sang in our church inspirational choir chorus. Um, and so they knew each other. They were friends. And um, Pat had this, you know, teenage choir and all this. And my mother became a chaperone. So she was helping Pat and Mrs. Williams also with the the teenagers. And so when she decided to create Total Experience, she was going to, of course, open it up um, to younger children and not just all these teenagers. So at seven um, in the Fellowship Hall in Mount Zion, uh, 50 years ago, she opened the choir and I was one of the first little kids that joined along with several other um, people like my sister, Stephanie Allen Hodge. Um, and we came and uh, at first the teenagers uh, were a little, uh, I don't know, distant because they didn't really think that children our age could sing. And they didn't really know 
that, you know, what Pat had taught them, she also taught us. And so um, when she saw how standoffish they were being, she asked us to sing. And so we did. And then, you know, everybody kind of came together and they was like, oh, okay, so y'all in the right place. And we were like, yeah, <laughs> we brought it. So, yeah, so that's what started um, my my interaction. And, um, you know, it was a family affair because um, my mother was a chaperone. My father was a chaperone for a while. And my older brother also was a part of the choir and eventually became our first um, Congo player. And uh, yeah, so the rest is history. Uh, I participated in the choir until I graduated and went off to college. And then, you know, as as, as Pat would do when you come home, you know, yeah. and several times I would come to support the choir and I'm sitting in the audience. And next thing I know, she's walking up, handing me a mic. So, you know, you don't tell her no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very, very glad to be a part of the Toll Experience choir and just a family because this was a family for me so if you guys if come to the concert what you're going to see is 50 years of what pat poured this is the fruit of her labor so that's what you're going to see and people are traveling in from all over the country everybody that we could gather in in seattle is coming out and you're going to see the people that were there at the very end of the choir's history and those who were in the beginning everything in between and that's what I'm so excited about. It's, it's a fan of a union. Pat made sure that we were family. We all cousins and aunties and uncles in this group, you know. And so it's going to be a big family union, great celebration. And when, let me tell you, I don't fly in until tomorrow, but I've been listening to the recorders from rehearsal. Y'all, listen, it's going down in Mount Zion. <laughs> We've been praying for the Holy Spirit to move in a powerful way. And that's exactly what I believe is going to happen. But I know we have Sherry here. We have Shawnice. We have Josephine, who is another state, but we call her Lil Pat Wright over here. And I just want you guys to share with us, you know, what what did you, what were what those things from the choir that, that still stay with you until this day? Because I got, Pat was a, a transformative, it was a transformative experience. She poured so much into us. And I know you guys can attest to that. So Sherry, Shanice. Well, I can go first. Um, I joined the choir when I was about 12 years old in uh, like 1987. Um, I remember there was a, a, um, a gospel concert, a community choir concert. So all the usual suspects were there. Northwest Connection, R.A. Manuel Singers, Hosanna, uh, Total Experience, all the usual suspects when there was a musical. And I remember sitting in the audience with my mom and Total, it was Total Experience at the time. Now, I had never heard of them before, had never seen them. It was like 60 teenagers, you know, and little kids in this choir. And they were singing, I'll never forget, Save Today. And Pat Wright's son, Patrick, was directing it. Yeah. And Broke down to the vamp. Now, normally, if you know a little bit about gospel music, when they broke down to the vamp, the sopranos will sing one thing, altos will sing one thing, tenors sing another thing. Well, not only did Pat have them doing that, but she also had them do different choreography for the part they were in. I had never yeah. seen before in my life. And my mother was a staunch Hosanna member. I was at every choir rehearsal and concert Hosanna did. I had never seen anything like that before in my life. And I turned around, I looked at my mama and I said, mom, I want to be in that choir. And she said, why no Pat? And the rest is history. But I tell you, Pat saw something in me when I was a teenager that I didn't see in myself. One day in rehearsal, I'll never forget, she called me out of the choir stand. I was about 16, so I've been in the choir about four years. Called me out of the choir stand and told me to stand in the front and keep the rhythm. And I didn't understand what she I was like, what? She was like, stand here and you don't question. Like, like Sherry said, <laughs> you, Sheree said, you don't question that. So when she, I was like, uh, she was like, you just keep the rhythm. You make sure the 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 piano is in the same time that the the choir and the drums and everything else. And she told the room, she keeps the rhythm, and she taught me how to direct from there. And I became her student director. And I, I never saw myself doing that, um, because of that, it opened many doors for me. And I am working in my craft because of her, because she saw something in me that I didn't even know was in there. I was just in the choir having a good time. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I knew. <laughs> and I just, I thank God that she was a visionary and could see beyond our our doubt, doubts of ourselves. She saw beyond that and said, Mm-mm, there's something else in here. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to work it out and not just work it out, but she trained me. She didn't just put me we're up there. To, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll still have about 15 minutes. So we got time for Josephine and Sherry. So we'll have time. So Eric, let's take this break and uh, come right back. It's <laughs> uh, so good Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, We're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. We're back, and that's the one and only Pat Ryan, the Total Experience Gospel Choir. And we'll go back to recording artist who was a former choir member and drummer, James Conner. <laughs> Listen, there is no other voice like that. When when I was a kid, like that was our Aretha Franklin to me. You know what I'm saying? I learned how to sing from Pat. But what happened right before I went to high school, I went to Pat and I had my parents had bought me a, a piano at my house. And so I was doing my little thing and I said, Pat, I want to play for the choir. And she said, do you know this is the Total Experience Gospel Choir? I would just let anybody play for this choir. <laughs> And I was like, okay, but I like a challenge. So I went home on my raggedy piano and every recording we had, I pulled it out and I just, I don't know what song I was learning, but I I learned the whole song. And one rehearsal, I said, Pat, I learned how to play such and such. And she said, okay, sit down. So I sat down, I started playing and the choir sang. And then when I finished, the choir went crazy. They was like, oh my God, did he play this song? And after that, I would be waiting for every concert. And she would say, all right, come on, James. I got a young man that's that's going to play this song for us. And then it became every concert. Then after that, I was like, oh, the same chorus for this song goes with that song. Okay, I can play two songs now. And eventually, I became the full-time piano player for the choir for at least six years until I went to college. Oh, and Pat, before I had gone to college, we had already gone to Australia and, and Japan a couple times, and we all over the world. So I was a touring artist before I even went to college because of Pat Wright. Don't forget uh, Russia. Don't forget Russia. Russia. We were, oh wow, yeah. Forget Russia. Time, Did we get time. Sherry yet? So Sherry, I don't know if we have. Okay, so we can go to Josephine. Yes, Josephine, come on in the room. Yes, you come on in the room. Yeah. All right, don't you, start. You were crying with me, wasn't you? Using my doctor, huh? Were you, were you crying with me or what? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> all right, go ahead. That's all right. 
So I just want to say hello to everybody. Thank you once again. Wonderful, Eddie Rapp, for having us on here. This is going to be a celebration that we have all been looking forward to. I want to uh, publicly thank James. Thank you for taking the helm on this because it needed to be somebody. I told you this before that she had poured into and not just anybody. Her work should be speaking for herself. And this is a product of her work and her labor and her love. And I thank God that I am just uh, able to be a part of this. Pat always uh when Pat met me, it was in 19, in the 1990s. And I always would watch the uh, choir and she would, I would always make sure that I spoke afterwards. And I told her, you remind me of home. And she said, where you from? I said, Chicago, Illinois, Southside. And I said, and I know what you doing. And uh, she would say, oh, well, then you already know. And then finally, um, uh, I had the opportunity. They was at the art museum and I was working there. And I finally told her, I want to just come sing with y'all. And she said, well, why don't you? You know, she said, you ain't no audition, just come. And um, um, when it came time for Black Nativity, uh, and, and, and she would have me in different little other things. So she told me, oh, you just come when you're available. Just come when you're available. Because we would show up in places and I'd be singing and she'd be singing. One thing Pat did for me that I, I thank her, uh, because I didn't come out and everyone, when I got here, did not know I sang. And then when I did sing, I didn't always sing gospel. Pat never shunned me. Mm. And that within itself was amazing because the only reason why I can sing is for what God placed inside of me. And I know what to sing and how to sing it is because I was raised up to sing about truth. So uh, God, who is who he is, instilled it in me. And sometimes when I first came here, church people weren't always that nice to me because I sang out in the world. But uh, but Pat always told me, know who you are. And and I, I, I want y'all to hear this. Pat brought me alongside her and underneath her at the same time. She allowed me to be Josie and she would push me out in front to be my individual self while she still showed me and taught me and and she said you already got what you need but she would always one thing she told me um stop dumbing down to make mm. other people feel comfortable mm. and uh and and pat would put my name out to places where she couldn't sing mm. and she said i got somebody i got somebody i got somebody and that's how my name got known in a lot of places that this little black girl wouldn't have got into. Mm -hmm. Pastor Patronelle Wright did that. So when they say black women don't stick together, they lie. <laughs> black women do stick together. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And they do lift each other up. Hello. And you can be a powerful uh, God-given, gifted woman and still not be ashamed of somebody else's gift. She not only gave my gift up uh, in places that I could be seen when others didn't want me up there. And then she told me when I walked in, don't walk with your head up. And, you know, like I didn't have that problem, but I needed to, I, I, I sometimes would say, you know what, if they ain't want to be bothering me, that's good. She say, no, that's where you're supposed to be. And so it is my mm -hmm. honor to be with those that have walked with her. There were times she would go out of the country and I tell her I could not go. Another thing about Pat, as business savvy as she was, as, as much as she traveled the world, she said, Stay with your children and your grandchildren as long as you can. She she mm -hmm. she gave me, she said thumbs up to it, you know. Still do what you do, but still remember family. She loved on me unconditionally, and she gave me a family. Oh, y'all my family. And we, we tighter than tight. So I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank y'all. You talk about family. We have a family member on there, don't we, James? Yes, we do. This a is Pat Wright family member. Yes, Pat had a big family, by the way. A lot of brothers and sisters, and Sherry is one of the, her nieces. And Sherry, I don't know if we can hear you yet, but we'd love to hear from you. Not you. Did you call? You need to get you. on the phone. You you on phone. That number, I put it in the chat, and then you could actually be heard through the phone. Yeah. But while she's doing that, you know, Pat. Pat taught us our black history. She made sure we knew before the the, the uh, uh, country was celebrating Juneteenth. We knew all about it. Mm -hmm. uh, we would go from school to school every year and and teach about Martin Luther King and the civil rights. And we had plays and all kind of things. And so we were 
Red, black, and green. <laughs> yeah, let's period. That, those were our colors, red, black, and green. He was very about we are, we are black people. Yeah. He was very much about that. Yeah. Jerry, are you on yet? I'm on here, but you Jerry, guys... Can, oh, yes, we can hear you. Yes. Hey. <laughs> okay, so I passed these, and I started in the choir once it went to Mount Zion. So that was probably nice. Well, I think I started in 1974. Yeah. So they were at Mount Zion and throughout the, I've been in the choir through all their iterations and, and Aunt Patri, I, we called her Aunt Patri. I called her Aunt Patri. Um, and, and you're right. It's been a family throughout Josie, Shawnee's. James, Cherie, like everyone, Benjamin, we're, the Davis family. Like, it's just, we've just been a family. And um, she just was so amazing. She loved this community. She, there was nothing she wouldn't do for people. And what, what has always stayed with me is that I would go places with her to sing, and people who she didn't even know would, would stand up and speak and talk about how she had done a benefit for them and she didn't even know them. And she would, you know, give them money to get to college and all kinds of other things. So she's just such a community activist and just such a, just a wonderful person and a free spirit. And I just appreciate the God that she put inside me <laughs> and the community spirit and this family, this family that I've been blessed to be a part of. It's been amazing. And you know what? I just want to give a shout out to Tanisha Brooks because she was the initial, she was the initial reason that we were going to do this last year. And I just would be remiss if I did not say that Tanisha Brooks started this project last year and then her untimely passing, we had to put it on hold. So I'm glad we're doing this now and I want to celebrate her as well. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah, great. I want to give Deborah Brooks a shout out. Uh, but she hooked me up at Mount Zion and told me what the marching orders were. And uh, <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, on if James allows me to speak on Saturday, you will hear about some of the activities that me and, and, and Pat Fernell Wright were involved in, in terms of advocacy, trying to save buildings, win one building, lost one, showing up to, at the governor's conference to protest aid. So uh, yeah, I have a, yeah, we did a lot of things together. So, uh, but anyway, we got a couple of minutes, James. I want to turn it back to you. Yeah. And uh, then I think I have Eric. I don't know if we got silver bells yet or not, but oh, I'm going yeah. to get it up somewhere. So I appreciate you so much again. James, uh, James, can I just throw it in it? Thank you, Sherry, for bringing up Tanisha, because um, many people just thought we had threw this to the curb and to the side, but there, there are still those of us that are mourning. And there are still those of us that are trying to make it through. And it wasn't that we didn't love Pat. We just wanted to do it with the best uh, that we can offer because that's how she did it. And we also want to honor Tanisha because it, Tanisha is the one of the main reasons why most of us are singing in groups right now. Pat brought us together. Tanisha's held us together. So... <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That is so on time that you said that. Uh, okay, James, why don't you give a, a shout out one more time about what's going to be happening Saturday before we have to go to a break and bring my next guest on. Wonderful. Well, we're inviting everybody in the Seattle area to come on out. We'll be at Mount Zion at 11 o'clock. Um, we're going to be celebrating 50 years of legacy. Uh, we're celebrating and giving a tribute to Pat Wright, who raised many of us through song, through music, and through the word of God. And we want to celebrate her and our family of the Toll Experience Gospel Choir. So we look forward to seeing you all there. Thank you so much. Okay, and I want to thank all of you. And I want to let you know that uh, this program, uh, the way Eric, uh, the, the operations manager, this will be available on Alexa about 5.30 or 6 o'clock, 24-7. So if anybody want to hear anything about Pat Wright, they can go there. And then in about two weeks, it will be archived on urbanformnw.com for a year. Okay, so the word can be spread even though we're on one hour. We're on 24-7 after a couple hours. So thank you all very much. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Eric, let's take this break and come back with Miss Yolanda Barton. City sidewalk, city sidewalk. 
Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seatacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Alternative Talk 1150. Talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. That I heard of once in a lullaby. Well, welcome back to Urban Forum Northwest with these dynamic singers we have on here. And we got the PR lady that's uh, chronicling history. But before we do that, I have to say I want to thank the City of Sales Purchasing and Construction Services Department, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity and Inclusion the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, the SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. If you're on Concourse A, go to the Africa Lounge at the Mountain Room Bar. And also want to remind everybody that uh, today up in uh, Snohomish County, Kevin Henry is uh, hosting a, a conference on uh, uh, communities against hate and violence extremism. And uh, Marilyn Chase and Juan Pereles uh, President Unitas, uh, they are putting that together, and you will see Jennifer Burskin from Sea Monster Human Rights, Sea uh, Monster Human Rights Leader, uh, Neil Abzigli, Executive Director of the Muslim Empowerment Association, American Muslim Empowerment Network, Reverend Dr. Kelly J. Brown, Senior Pastor of Plymouth Church, and that will be at the Epic Civic Auditorium uh, today at eight fifteen. And today is also Angela T. Rye's birthday. So I got to give a shout out to my daughter, Angela Rye. Happy birthday, girl. And now we will go to, uh, and don't forget Reverend Jeffrey, too. This is the uh, seventh uh, annual revival, <clears throat> excuse me, revival prayer conference. <clears throat> excuse me. It will be Saturday, October 28th. Uh, Elder Ron L. C. Jones, pastor of True Vine Community, Church of God in Christ out of Tacoma. On Friday, October 27th, Reverend Annette Jeffrey. Uh, New Hope Minister, uh, New Hope Missionary Baptist Church Associate Minister, and Thursday, October twenty. Uh, I, I mean, yes, yeah, Thursday, October twenty-sixth is Apostle Jesse Deckworth, who is also Associate Minister at New Hope Baptist Church. So now we'll go to Yolanda Barton from Is it Reverie XR? Uh, Revere XR. Okay, um, Revere it's XR. It's about okay. reverence. So yeah, we're about um, preserving the past into the future. And I'm an immersive storyteller. What does that mean? I am preserving our stories beyond just sharing them and documenting them for them to sit in an archive. It's time for people to do more than that. And technology offers us the freedom to do more than read it and see it. We can now experience it and engage with it. And we don't have to worry about other people and the stories they're telling about us if we're preserving our own history for future generations. And that's what I'm here to do 
is to take the history that I was a part of as a young age and witnessed in my grandparents' home, in my parents' home, in my friends' home, even in your home as a young child at St. Therese, Mr. Rye, we were very aware that we were around change makers and pioneers and trailblazers like Pat Wright too, and like all the music legacies and amazing activists in our city that made the city what it is today. The problem is we don't see enough traces of that for everyone to see and witness and experience. I love the celebration of Pat Wright. She deserves it, not just this year, but every year to come. But the problem is when we aren't here to do it, who is left to preserve her legacy so that everyone else can still be connected to her greatness and her excellence? So we have an all call. This is a call to our elders, a call to those who house stories, those who house rich history and memories that need to be preserved in the Central District. And that really includes every last one of you on this call, every last one of you listening today. If you witnessed, experienced, activated, facilitated the amazing history that's taken place in the Central District, we want to interview you. We want to collect that history. And we've put on a demo at Douglas Truth. We're happy to put a headset on other people. We recreated the Central District in virtual reality, which means you can put on a headset and walk through it as it was before what it is today. And so now can we put a, a, a mural up of Pat Wright and have the legacy of her stories preserved into the future so that 25 years from now, students and people in the city will know what she did for every last one of you. And that doesn't just go for Pat Wright. It goes for everybody whose stories are at risk of vanishing. So here's what you can do. You can email me at Yolanda, Y-O-L-A-N-D-A, at Revere, R-E-V-E-R-E-X-R.com, or Chloe at RevereXR.com, C-H-L-O-E at RevereXR.com. If you're on Facebook, message us at RevereXR.com. If you're on Instagram, message us at, at Revere.XR. And here's the thing. We're setting aside time to document you, interview you, collect the stories. And then we're going to show you what we're going to do with them so that people can do more than just hear it. They're going to experience the history that comes along with that story. So I'd love to meet with you guys and collect a lot of information that you want to see in the experience. Let's make that happen. And we are preserving elders and their stories. I wish you well in the event. I'll be in DC, but I will join and watch it streamed online. And I hope to meet all of you and schedule the same sharing an opportunity to hear your stories in person so that we can collect it and preserve it forever. Sherry, your aunt is a legacy and I want the world to know. So let's just share it so everybody knows what she did for every last one of you guys. So looking forward to interviewing you all and looking forward to finding elders that want to contribute their history. We are starting an immersive preservation partnership with MOHI, the Black Heritage Society, support from Douglas Truth Library, we're going to be interviewing the mayor soon to collect his history of the Central District. Eddie Rye's got a long catalog of OGs that we're going to be interviewing mm -hmm. to preserve their history as well. And we're going to always make opportunities for community to be a part of this, put the headset on and experience so they can be the first to see what we've done with our history. Reach out. I can't wait to if meet you start, up. If you start with the Davis family, you might get tied up for a couple of days. <laughs> they have history, though. You know what I'm saying? And they're all yeah. doing great things. We have multiple people interviewing. If you decide you want to be a part of the interviewing preservation part and, and collect interviews with us, we welcome it because we got a, a lot of elders and we even made a partnership with the Senior Center on 30th and Jackson. So we're going to be collecting their history, too. I mean, the idea is how can we bridge the gap between generations? How can we bridge the gap between the past and the present and the future? How can we bridge the gap between those who have access to technology? You know, the technology is a vessel. The storytelling is at the core of who we are. But that technology also yields us into a trillion dollar industry for which I want all of our future generations and us to have access to. So instead of their, them selling our culture for us, why don't we go ahead and document our history in the way that we want it to be represented. I do not own history. I'm not looking to own history. I'm only looking to create a means to share that history. You all experienced it. It's your history. I feel very connected to that legacy. I'm going to preserve it for the next 55,000 million generations to come. It'll <laughs> be around for a while. Uh, just, <laughs> just give a, uh, the folks an idea of what, what you've, uh, some of the things you've done in the past. 
Because I think oh. you got me with the virtual thing up at uh, Walking by Honeysuckles and the Mardi Gras. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Eddie Rye got to put the virtual reality headset on and see what we built. So I'm sure he can share about it too. Um, I'm launching a startup that's all about preserving the history of our city. And it's using virtual and augmented reality. Recently been named in the top 100 women of the future. I'm a finalist for Pharrell Williams Black Ambition Award right now. Um, all right. Um, just released a TED Talk that they put on the TEDx website. So if you go on YouTube and you type in TEDx and you search for my name, I've got a whole TED Talk around history preservation and the import. And I'm talking about the Central District and elders like Cecil Beattie, who today I think is 99 years old, and he's contributed a great deal of stories and history to this experience. And then if you ever want to see the experience, we we put on a demo event quarterly, but I'm more than happy to have someone bring a headset to you or I can bring it to you. Happy to meet up with all of you and the entire Davis family and any other family you think needs to be plugged in. And we will plug you all into the future while you're celebrating the past that you came from. Does anybody have, we got about two minutes. Anybody got a question or comment for Yolanda Barton? Yo, I got chills all over just hearing your this, 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 this is what we need. I'm telling you, it's so much um, history. And like you said, it's the, it, the legacy is not something you hold on to. It's something you pass on. That's right. That's right. This is what we're starting something with Pat and the choir, but it's something that we've been talking about. How do we pass this on? How do we pass on what we got to the next generation? So that they can walk with you. their heads lifted up high with courage and being changers in their community. So I am so on board. Please let's connect because I want to do whatever I can to contribute. Yes, I put my email, Yolanda at revereXR.com. Please email me because each of you talked about important things she said and did. If I'm not there to, to have that, I can still experience it in a way where it builds my self-esteem and encourages the better sense of self that she gave each and every one of you. And we can afford that to other kids and future generations. So I would love to give you some information if you want to announce the preservation partnership and invite elders to be interviewed, even at the event. We've got a two-month process where we are going to interview as many elders as we can. And I apps please email me information about the event and I'll share some information with you also about more about what we're doing. I appreciate you guys' ear. I appreciate everything you've done and I just honor and revere the history that I came from. All right, y'all, we're out of time. I want to thank everybody today. Uh, I want to thank Jane, my co-host, James Connor, Cherie Charleston, uh, Pat Wright's uh, uh, niece, Cherie Brooks, who didn't start when she was four or five, she was seven. Uh, Shansi Omar, uh, who was a student choir director of Total Experience. Benjamin Davis joined the choir out of Franklin and Josephine Howe in Black Nativity, and Yolanda Barton, and also Bob Armstead. So thank you all very much. And I will see you on Saturday at 11 o'clock, James. So thank you very much for the invite. And thank you, all it, you for being here, okay? Thank so you so much. We will see you on Saturday. Thank so you, Mr. Ryan. Uh, thank you for bringing up uh, Pat Wright and also bringing up uh, James Connors' tunes. So he got a, a Christmas tune that people can look for. And about. I also and have got a book. book. That's on, it's on Facebook. I got it next to you on Facebook, brother. So thank y'all. We'll see you later. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> thank you.